Hello, everybody. Hi. Welcome back to another episode of the Taylor Johnson Podcast. I'm Taylor Johnson. I'm really excited for this week's episode. The main interview that we have for this week is all about confrontation, which I know is a great subject for a lot of us who are either afraid of it or really bad at it. And I know it's going to seem like it's a leadership conversation for like a leadership podcast, but no. Confrontation is a big part of discipleship, and discipleship is a big part of Christianity, not just for pastors. It is for all of us. And so I think the interview is going to be really great for every single one of us. Um, So I'm going to force you to listen to it. There's no turning off the podcast now. If you do, you're going to jail. I don't make the rules, but... That's what's going to happen. You, The police will be notified if you turn this podcast off. But before we get to that, I'm going to check in with my friend, Glendon. Hello? Hello, Glendon. How are you? What's up, Taylor? How's it going? Oh, everything's going pretty good over here. Um, how about you? How have things been? Things are going good, man. Things are uh, things are going well. Girls are kind of semi getting ready uh, to go back to school. So, are they going back to school? Yeah. <laughs> no. So yeah, we're we're getting ready. But my here. So she wanted to go to Goodwill, and like that's totally different than the way I went back to school shopping. You know, like not all yeah. of her clothes are you know. Goodwill purchase clothes that she wants for back to school, but she did want to go. Um, so we were there and I saw like school shirts, you know, from the girls elementary school and then just other shirts. And it hit me. You need to drop off one of your T-shirts with your face on it at Goodwill. Because <laughs> I would I would love to find out if some is like put it there and then like send somebody to go in daily, a different person, maybe, (laughs) I don't know. And like, see if it gets purchased. The next time I'm traveling, I should just like every town I stop in. Yes. Drop one off a shirt. Drop it off. You should. And then, yeah, then we'll start seeing them in the wild. I just can't wait. Yeah. I'll probably have a lot of clothes that I can, drop off at Goodwill because I'm having to go through everything I own right now because I'm about to move. Oh, you're moving. You're moving. <laughs> I guess don't I shouldn't like sound. I guess this. I shouldn't sound like I don't know that you're moving, but you're not you moving apartments. Know. You're not moving across town. I'm moving to a different state. I'm moving from Texas to Kansas. I'm going to, uh, take a step back from traveling as much as I have been. It will no longer be the full-time thing, which obviously that's that would be true for me no matter what decision I make because in the time of Corona, there's I can't, where, where would I travel to? Where would I speak? Where would I do yeah. stand up? It's not happening. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, even before Corona even uh, made everything shut down in America, I was in talks with a church in Wichita, Kansas about going up and being on staff up there. And I am making that move. Uh, I'm making that move this week. I the, like the week that this episode drops, I will start packing everything up. And then on Friday, I will put everything in a van or in a truck. And then Saturday I'm driving up to Wichita. I think I read your newsletter, but I, I already knew yes. from talking to you. So it's not like that hit me, you know, too hard, but I think it's great that in January, all of this was kind of being put into motion before this crazy COVID thing hit. Um, yeah. You know, and just the transitioning and the timing is always crazy good when God's involved. So I'm really happy for you and excited for, for your move. I hate that we'll be so far apart, but. As I'm getting ready to move, I'm also starting to like, because I don't know, with Corona and everything else that's been happening, And like knowing that I'm about to move, like my life has had so little structure and I have been, I've barely been productive in a lot of different ways. And so I'm excited about like beginning of August. That's when I'll start. I'll have an office. I will have office hours. I'll be getting work done. And like, you know, also apart from the church stuff, like I'm still writing my second book. I'm still putting the podcast out every other week. Like those things will always continue. But what I'm excited about is getting back to being productive 
because I've got this planner, the full focus planner, not a sponsor, that has been so helpful to me. This stupid planner is like probably the reason why I was able to write my first book because it like kept, it kept me so organized and it helped me like keep track of my goals and stay focused on what I was doing. Really, really, really great. One aspect of it is at the start of the journal, you have to like write what your goals are. And then you have to like write like descriptions of the goal. Why is it important to you? What are some next steps to get to it? And not only that, you have to write, what reward will I give myself if I complete this goal? Oh, that's right. That's where uh, Disney came into play, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Going to Disney World in September uh, or last year was like, that was the goal for finishing, or that was the reward for finishing writing my book. So now I'm like trying to think like, what, what are some rewards? I don't know what to reward myself with. Ooh. I can't. So like, yeah, I don't know. Can we like brainstorm some reward yeah. ideas? Oh yeah. Cause I've got to like some good rewards. finish working on my second book. I've got like some, uh, goals with like the church that I'll be working at with like personal stuff about like, I'm going to be running the Disney marathon again. I want to run it faster. So like I have these different goals, but I don't know how to reward myself. I would, I would, I would travel like, like let's get out of the United States, Taylor. Like this is your second I've book. I've never been out of the United States. <gasps> yeah. It's, it's time. It's time. That's the big reward. Like I, I, on my list is Ireland. Like I just, I want to go to Ireland, like seeing the pictures. But that's of the, been on your list for a long time. Yes. <laughs> yes, it has. Yes, it has. One day, one day. But it's good. It's good to be on the list. It's good to have a list. Some of my goals are smaller, like reading a certain number of books um, before you know the end of the year. And so, like, I don't feel like if I read fifteen books, I should get to go to Ireland. No, um, you, you should not, especially not before me. But um, <laughs> what about? I think a, I think a good reward is like setting aside a certain amount of money and then like being able to just. I don't know, not not even earmark it or like justify a purchase and just spend it. A hundred dollars of like irresponsible spending. Yes, like twenty dollars at Krispy Kreme or, you know, or a hundred dollars, a hundred dollars at Krispy Kreme. And then you go out and you pass out free donuts. But people probably wouldn't take those now. But all right. I got some stuff to think about now. Yeah. Make it memorable. Well, thank you so much, and uh, I'll talk to you later. All right, buddy. Later. All right. Bye. Bye. So, yeah, that's the big announcement. Um, I'm moving. I'm moving, and I'm going to be on staff at a church. I'm, I'm so excited for this uh, new season in my life. I'm really excited for the experience that I'm going to get. I'm excited that I'm going to, again, still continue putting out the podcast, writing my next book, uh, traveling a little bit throughout the year, still doing camps, conferences, and retreats, but uh, no more school assemblies and no more week-to-week traveling. And it's going to be great to get to have roots, have more of a weekly routine for the first time in many, many years. I'm really excited. But now we move on to the interview. Uh, this episode is going to be kind of part one of a two-part series. Not really. I don't know how to describe it. Uh, but this episode and the next episode are connected. This episode, we are talking to Alyssa Gomez. Alyssa is a really good friend of mine who I have known since college. And she has a lot of really interesting experiences because of the job that she has had. And also just like her as a person. Um, is really good at confrontation. And I wanted to talk to her about that. But what's interesting is the season in her life that she's going to be talking about is going to be connected to next episode. In the next episode, I'm going to be talking to her husband, David Gomez, because what was going on in her life during the time that she's going to talk about in this episode is directly related. And it's actually, it takes place at the same time as the season of his life which is going to be about a different thing completely. You'll see. Hey, you'll see when you hear the episode. Uh, But this season in her life 
is happening at the same time as the season in David's life that we'll hear about in the next episode. But now it's time to hear from Alyssa Gomez. I wanted to talk to you specifically about customer service and dealing with terrible people. Okay. Because that was a side of you that I didn't fully know existed, how good you are at dealing with monsters until I worked with you at Planet Fitness. I worked for you. Yes. You were my boss. Correction. (laughs) And um, I don't think I was a very good employee because you knew my trick of just going to the bathroom you also would tell me you thought about peeing in the mop buckets. So <laughs> that not was. all the time. I just one time I thought I could pee in a mop bucket and no one would know that I did it. Because right. the mop bucket, like no one goes in that closet and just like, what if one time I just peed in the mop bucket <laughs> and then they clean with it? Lo- okay. Your pee would be everywhere. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Then we would DNA test it. <laughs> and then you would know it was me and I would get fired. Um, but okay, how did you start working at Planet Fitness? Because like it wasn't just that you worked there. You worked there in a very specific way and your job was very specific right. uh, that caused you to have to deal with monsters. Yeah. So first, precursor to all of that, Planet Fitness is like a very specific gym. It's not a gym. It's, it's not a gym. It's Planet Fitness. <laughs> uh, it's the judgment-free zone. So like their whole motto was that they are the gym for the first time gym user or like moms or people. It's supposed to be like very non-intimidating. So there's like all these policies and things in place. To make grandma feel comfortable. Yes. And the big burly dude who's going to be obnoxious. Right. To, these policies are to scare them away so exactly. that grandma feels like home there. So I started off just randomly working as an assistant manager at a gym in West Texas. And then we hated living there. And so I was like, I'm, I'm done guys. I'm getting out of here. I'm not working here. And they were like, uh, like I'm moving to, I think it was Oregon or something. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, and then they were like, no stay. What do we have to do to get you to stay? And I was like, well, we don't want to be here. My husband doesn't want to work here. We want to get out of here. And they were like, man, you're so good at your job. We, we like, we love you. Um, and they wanted to make me a manager, but in my area, oh no. Yeah. Oh, I remember. So the, there was a gym 20 minutes away and they were like, we don't know what's going on over there. Can you go? So I'm an assistant manager. So I just went over to help her out and figure out like what was going on. So so there was a manager over there. You were sent over as assistant manager to kind of like help her, you know, just handle situations because stuff was like really bad. She like had no employees. The world was terrible for her. So I went over and then I reported back to my managers. I was like, you have no idea what's happening. It's so much worse than you think. What is happening? Uh, she was just, I, her name was Janet and Janet was wild. She was just like, if Paula Dean was <laughs> a manager of a gym, that's exactly what was going on. Everything you would think. Was except covered her, in butter? I was going to say, but probably less butter. <laughs> okay, okay. But just her attitude and whatever and her like soft tenderness Gotcha. For employees and then for members. And so you do have the big burly men coming in and then it's not really a planet fitness. It's just like every other gym in the world. Yeah. So I reported all that back. They end up, I don't remember what happens, Janet. She disappears. She probably gets fired. I can't remember. <laughs> she disappears. She's killed. She, she fell off into a treadmill. <laughs> and so uh, also just side note, anytime you fall in a gym on a treadmill, it has to be reported to insurance. So I have spent many hours looking at footage of people falling off of treadmills. Wait, really? Yeah, just tip, let go. If you hold on, (laughs) it's going to like rip your pants off. (laughs) So just let go. Okay, great tip. All right, long story short, Janet is out of the picture. I am there. I start cleaning house. Like I retrain employees. You're basically, it's like the Gordon Ramsay show of like, yes. not Hell's Kitchen, Kitchen Nightmares. Yes. Of like, you're there to flip it basically. Yes. Come in, everything is terrible, make it better. And I'm doing that under the idea that I'm moving to Oregon in the end of two months. And oh. so I do all of that 
really, I don't know why I worked so hard for that company for like, just, I worked so hard in two months. I fired everyone. I retrained everyone. I did all that stuff. And then Oregon actually ended up falling through. My husband and I did not move there. And so then I had to come back and be like, Oh wait, guys, I'm not moving. And they were like, Oh great. And I was like, but I don't want to stay here. Like I'm, we're not staying in West Texas. And they were like, well, why don't you just go check out this other gym who is also struggling? So it wasn't as bad as Janet, but, um, you know, there was like some internal issues and they were like, we can't figure out what's going on and we don't really have time to be there. So you go. Yeah. And so I did that. I did the same thing again and I just ended up being really good at it. And that's what they just kept doing. So they were just were sending you to bad gyms to make good gyms. Exactly. And then eventually they started buying gyms. And so that became my whole department. I was the vice president of acquisitions. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so that's when, so I um, came out and lived with you guys in West Texas for a month. Yes. Uh, January, that was the month that I went out and lived with you guys, which ended up being terrible. And I'm very sorry <laughs> because uh, this was like, I was traveling full time and speaking and I didn't have anything booked in January. I had nothing going on and I knew you guys were miserable out there, middle of nowhere. And I was like, what if I came and hung out with you guys for a month yeah. and lived there? And Alyssa, I could work for you and uh-huh. make some extra money and stuff. Oh, awesome. Sounds great. I had just bought a minivan the day before I drive out there. Uh, and then my first day there, I total my minivan because there's ice on the roads. And so the entire month that I'm there, I'm trying to work with insurance to get the money to be able to get a new car. So I do not have a car. Basically, I'm your child for a month. And I'm your employee slash child who <laughs> does not have a way of getting around. And so I have to just use your car or you guys have to drive me places. And then I would come home with Whataburger and it would smell really bad. But I feel like that's something I should talk more with David about. But so I was with you guys for a month and I like saw a little bit of that. Like, cause I worked at that second gym, the yeah. one that was like Janet's. Did you ever meet Janet? I don't think I did. Pauline? No, she was gone. Yeah. She was already gone when I was there. Yeah. Uh, but then later on when you guys were in Oklahoma city, because you're, we bought those gyms. So yeah. at that point I had already demolished and rebuilt a bunch of gyms within our franchise. And then our franchise started to purchase other planet fitnesses and other planet fitnesses that like do not take the rules as right. seriously as you guys did. Mm-hmm. So like part of the transition process for these gyms was teaching them how to be strict on these rules right? so that then they could start being strict slowly for, and like, that's like everyone who, everyone who works out at the gym, who's a member of the gym, mm-hmm. isn't used to having these rules. Exactly. They're used to everything being lax, free flowing. And now Alyssa comes in and it's like these policies, ruin their lives. you agreed to them when you signed up, we are implementing them. Like we're being, we're being strict on them. Right. And people lost their minds. Yeah. You, so you had to deal with a lot of people as you are trying to enforce the rules that have always been there, but no one has ever followed. And so customer service, you saw like the worst in people, I feel like. Well, first we would always try from a member's perspective, obviously like employees and management, that's a whole other thing. But from a member's perspective, like you've been going to this gym for years and then all of a sudden all this stuff starts changing. Like I totally get that like that is not cool. And so we would always try to like upgrade stuff. So like those gyms we bought, like we replaced all the TVs and we got new like uh, stuff in the bathroom. So like you try to like make some upgrades where like maybe you don't have to spend that much money, but like things that members really will appreciate. Yeah. And so you at least have a little bit of like. And there's like positive changes. Yes. So there's that positive. Distract exactly. from the negative change. Oh, that's so smart. Yeah. There was a lot of like that kind of stuff going on so that members are like happier or like they're like, oh, we like these new owners or whatever. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you throw a party like a new launch or something. But um, but yeah, as far as people, man, I feel like there w- we had this rule in our insurance that you couldn't hang a towel off of an equipment. Oh man. Yep. Yeah. And you could, it could be around your neck. You could tuck it in your shorts. You could put it on the ground, but it could not hang from equipment. And like, that's such a stupid thing to be caught up on. And it was so important to our franchise. And man, that is, was like half of my job was getting people to be like, Hey, we got to go correct this thing. And like, it drove members nuts and like people would cancel over it. They would be like, 
man, first it was this, and, and now you're telling me I can't bring my towel? And like, well, yeah, you know, I understand you're frustrated. You, you can bring the towel. You just told me I couldn't bring the towel. You know, like people, yeah. and I can imagine like, I just ran 10 miles and this, you know, 15 year old girl is telling me to move my towel. Yeah. Like, I get it. I get people being mad. And then I feel like when you're working out and you like have like your energy flowing and you're like already like for some people, that's like an aggressive thing. Yeah. It's just not a great time to casually correct someone. So. That's what like, it was always like the smallest rules. Like I remember yeah. one in particular in Oklahoma city. <sighs> if you are a black card member, you get access to the massage chairs you do not have to pay for the massage chairs. They're free. You just have to go to the front desk, say, I would like to do the massage chair. We give you a token that you go and put in the massage chair so you can use it. The rule is you're only allowed to have one token at a time. It's a five-minute massage. If you would like another token, come right back up. Get another token. You're free to do that as many times as you would like. Right. But just in case we get busy and more people start to show up, we can't give you 30 tokens for you to just sit there all afternoon and have a bunch of people waiting. So we're just going to do one at a time. Well, the people who were there before did not care. And they would just like sprinkle coins into people's hands left and right. And there was one guy in particular who was so rude because he, would, he wouldn't even say, he would just walk up to the desk and go, two, meaning give, <laughs> two me, two, two, give me two coins. And I gave him one because it was like time to make the change. And I gave him one and he was like, two. And I was like, sorry, I'm only allowed to give you one. And he was like <laughs> pacing back and forth in front of me and like flexing and like, what do you mean? Just give me another one. Just like, this is ridiculous. This is, and I was like, I, and he's like, why? And I was like, I don't want to get fired. Like, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. And he's like, well, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm going to cancel my membership. And I was like, okay, we can do that right now if you would like to take care of that. And he's like, no. And then like, he like stormed off and it was just, it was just wild. Like grown adults yeah. so easily can turn into babies mm -hmm. um, when like one little thing that they're not allowed, when they're told no. Or a change. Or a change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that man came in there and said two for however many years. Yeah. And I ruined his life. You, He probably still sees your face before he goes to bed and curses you. How, like, how are you good at handling it? Because you stay calm. Yeah. When people are like yelling at you and being rude to you, like, okay, so before we go into how, like, can you give us an example of like a bad person? Like, yeah, a bad person. A bad person. <laughs> give us an example of what a bad person's like. Um, I had forgotten about this specific woman until recently, and her name was Svetlana. She was Russian. I know some Russians now who are incredible people. Nothing specifically about Russians, but this lady was very intense. Uh, and she was definitely not the meanest by far. She was this little petite blonde woman with piercing How blue many eyes. Russians do you know now? I don't know. You said like, I know some Russians now. Well, I just feel like, I don't know why I clarified that she was Russian. And then I was like, oh, oh well. But like, like from Russia, Russia? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, 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 okay. She was like a Russian businesswoman. Ooh. And she would be in town on business or something. Okay. And she came to Planet Fitness to work out Svetlana, while she was there. The Russian businesswoman. There were people who were meaner and people who were more ridiculous, but she was there constantly. And every time she came, it was problems. Like she would come to the desk and complain about every single thing. And I mean like throw a fit complaint, not like, hey ma'am, can we, you know, the TV's broken. But I mean like this, like just throwing a fit. Now given she was not even from my gym, she had a membership somewhere else that gave her access to my gym. Yeah. So I couldn't even like cancel her membership. Oh. She was just like a person who had access to my gym via. Yeah. And she was insane. and my employees were all so afraid of her because she complained so much and she like made such a scene and like, it was our job to like create Make a scene, like be loud. Yeah. Like a real Karen. Yes. Yeah. She was the first Karen <laughs> named Svetlana. So my employees were afraid of her. They would literally check her in and then run into my office and be like, Svetlana's here. And like, they were like afraid of her because no one knew how to handle her. Cause she was just such like a ball of fire, like yeah. burning everything in her path. 
And I remember this one time she was, I think it was probably like a, a, something was broken, a massage chair and she like wanted to use it. And I was like, I'm sorry, it's out of order. Like I can't do anything about it. I can't even give you a refund or something. Like you're not for my gym. Like all I can do is apologize and hear you and listen to you. Mm. And she like went off. I remember her saying like, I don't understand this policy. I don't understand this gym. And then she said, I don't understand your face. Oh. And I was like, what? But I think what I had to learn more than anything, like it's really easy for me to stay calm, but it's not easy for me not to laugh at people. Uh So that's what I, that was my hard thing. Like being calm is fine. It was hard for me not to just laugh in people's faces sometimes. (laughs) Like what? Uh, I don't know. I tried to remember that like I was the top of the line, like, you know, the buck stops with you. And so you're the authority figure here. Right. Yeah. And I guess also just knowing I had the control to, to kick them out or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Man, she was crazy. I can't even explain, but the end of the story, I like canceled. I told her she was not allowed to come to my gym and I was going to put like a police order on her and that she could not like come into my facility. Like because of just how terrible it was every single time. Yeah. She was just mean to my employees. Like she made some of my like people cry. Like it was just hard. Abusive. Yeah. Yes. Abusive. I was there working out one time and she came and like attacked me verbally and like complained about the scale. And I was like, I'm like, I'm literally like, Uh like wearing a sports bra. Like I'm just like here working out. Like, do I look like I'm ready for this right now. Mm -hmm. And so like the next time she came in, I was like, I'm going to ask you not to come in. Like you can't, this is your last time. And she cried. What? And she was just so upset. And I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Like you have caused havoc in this gym for months. Every single time you come in, you like yell and make a scene. And like, we basically have to kick you out every single time. And now you're upset. And she was just like, I didn't know I was being perceived this way. And, like, <laughs> and I was like, Svetlana. <laughs> so I think she stopped doing business in my gym and it just disappeared. But uh-huh. she was hard to handle. Because like you have to find a mix in, in customer service with, and especially in the position you were in, of like being calm and trying to keep the peace. Right. And trying to calm people down while also being really good at confrontation because you're having to call people out for their behavior in the gym to correct it and stuff. And I feel like it's so hard to be good at both because like, I feel like a lot of people are confrontational, but they're just like intense about it. Right. There's no calmness or peace about the way that they're confrontational or the ones who are really good at being peaceful are also really good at being a pushover. Mm. So like, I, it's crazy to me that you have such a good balance of both. And like, you have to like, you have to train employees to also do this. Yeah. How, how do you do that? Well, you definitely start them off with someone who looks like they're not going to yell at them. (laughs) Yes. And, uh, you start with the easy things, you know, like you're like, Oh, I'm sorry. We have this policy about our towel. Would you mind, you know, like the, yeah. the easy thing, you don't send someone in to Svetlana first, be like, Hey, go tell that lady. To, yeah. 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 This know. woman knows better. This is the third time yeah. we're having to say something, go punch her in the shin. And I think honestly, just repetition. That is, was my goal with people. I would make them do stuff over and over and over. And Not, it was like trial by fire. You would be like, you would notice it. And then you would come to the front desk and be like, all right, you're going to go tell them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would, you know, pick a week and be like, all right, Taylor, this week we're going to master it and you're going to feel comfortable because we're going to do it so many times. But I'm going to stand here with you and we're going to do it. And so like, let's first, you come with me and I'll do it. And I'm like, so we'll walk up yeah. and I'd be like, Hey, I'm so sorry to interrupt your workout. You know, my name's Alyssa. This is Taylor. He's here training. Um, I just want to let you know, we actually have this new policy about, this is so funny. Cause this was like five years ago and my mind just went like, you right know the back words into yeah. like robot mode. You know, you say this nice thing. If you don't mind, you know, go ahead and do this, blah, blah, blah. And you give them options. We can put it in a locker if you want, you could put it on your neck and great. Thanks. And you walk away. And like, so I show them and then if they're like really still uncomfortable, I do it again and then I have them do it. And then I'm like, all right, you got this one. And then you just repetition, like you make them do it over and over. And I think I was just a very hands-on manager, probably very micromanaging, but it was very specific what my company wanted. And so you had to like, but like what you were doing was very it. much like in the training. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Cause I feel like once you've figured it out, like, 
Or once you knew that they figured yeah. it out, you like let go, them go off it, on their but. own. Um, but I like, I don't, I'm not good at this. I'm not good at the mix of, cause I'll either be too intense in confrontation or like, I don't know. I feel like I waver back and forth between the two extremes yeah. and I don't know how to like find the balance because like this skill comes in handy in all areas of life, especially like in ministry. Right. Because like there is so much of like discipleship that is being peace in a situation where everyone else is intense, mm -hmm. but also having to be good at like confronting behavior and right. like helping people see that what they're doing is wrong. I think that is maybe one of the things that I value and therefore shine at is really identifying what, is per se the problem or whatever. Like sometimes I'll be in meetings where like everyone has a different voice or everyone is like trying to accomplish a different goal or something. And I feel like it's not always my place, but sometimes I take the the opportunity to say, okay, okay, everyone, let's, let's go back. You know, what's our goal? What's this? What's that? And kind of go, okay, you had said this. Do we all agree at that? And like identifying what it is that, you know, what the rule that is being broken or what is the goal that we're trying to meet and then making sure everyone is able to understand why it's a policy or, you know, where we're going with this thing and kind of help smooth everything over to, yeah. to the things that no one can disagree with. Oh. So for example, in, you know, we've had some meetings at church where, you know, we all have very different communication styles and sometimes have very different opinions and visions about where we're going with something. And we'll go around and around and around on a topic to where everyone is just so frustrated. And then like, I'm just a random person on staff. Like I have no authority in this meeting, but sometimes I'll just be like, all right, okay, guys, let's identify what is our goal. We all agree that's the goal. Okay. And like simplest terms of what the yes. goal is yes. that everyone can agree on. I really like the way putting it that way of like, this is something that all of us, we can all agree, agree on. on this. Okay. Yes. Everyone agrees. Okay, great. And then like just taking it one step at a time. I feel like that has been a way that you're confronting something, but it doesn't feel like you're attacking the problem or attacking the person because you're taking it by such little steps. Yeah. And it's more like you can view it almost like you're confronting the miscommunication. Oh yeah. More than confronting a single person and what they're saying. Exactly. And because, I think that's yeah. true from planet fitness. Like, Hey, you're not necessarily, you know, you're not the problem. It's just that you have your towel hanging here. So do you mind taking one of these other options or like in, you know, some of our meetings, like, Hey, we all want this goal but we are not doing a good job of like working as a team at that. So yeah. can we confront that or, you know, different things like that. I, and I, but I do feel like I have this problem where I know that I'm good at confronting things. And so it's hard for me in any scenario to just be quiet. Like when it's not my space. Oh really? So for example, in a staff meeting or something like, it's not my job to fix this conversation, but I end up doing that all the time. And uh -huh. a lot of time that works out for the better. But then there's also times like, at a bank where somebody is just going wild on somebody. And I have been that manager so many times where like, all you can do is just smile and say like, Oh, I understand your frustration, Mr. Robinson or whatever, but I'm just somebody in line behind the person. And I'm like, dude, shut up. Wait, like you're really? Being, oh yeah. You've like jumped. You oh, jump in. Yes. Oh really? Yes. It's kind of my, like, I look for the opportunity to do that. If we're being honest. Yeah. It's like a superpower. Yes. To like, what is the word? Get vengeance for all the times that I've had to deal with terrible customer service. And you're getting to do what that manager wishes they yes, could do. Yes, exactly. You're like undercover manager. I am undercover manager. And just being like, dude, you're being such a jerk right now. Like, just go. Like, just take your thing and leave. Like, she's being so nice to you. And like, you're being such a jerk. I understand you're frustrated, but like, talk to her like a human. You say this? Oh yeah, I have. Oh, that's super yeah. cool. And then they just get like more frustrated and then they're just like, just leave. It's just, <laughs> gr it's great. Cause you could just, I mean, I'm never like, you know, rude or like recording videos to put on Facebook. Right, like yeah. I'm not doing that. Not to but, shame them, but like, let's yeah. just, just, you're putting on a show. Yeah. Just get like whatever the, I don't know. Yeah. Wow. 
because there's so many times where I wish I could just be like, Svetlana, like shut up. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here. You're just making things worse. Yeah. So has this like, have you always been good at this? I think that I really value justice and fairness. Yeah. So like sure on a global scale, but also just like everyone should pull their weight. Everyone should do their part. Everyone should like, you know, understand each other and be kind. Like, I think that's just in my like makeup. Like those are things that are important to me. Like if we're on a team project and I'm doing more than you, I'm annoyed or, yeah. you know, and so I think when I see that in like playing out in real life, that is frustrating for me and I want it to be corrected because I value it so much. Right. I want it. I don't mind correcting it. Uh, what about like, okay. So in planet fitness, it's much more obvious when you need to confront someone because it's like the towel is out or they're shirtless dress code or whatever, right. screaming at the weights or whatever <laughs> it is. Then it's like, okay, very clearly now is the time to go over. But like in more like, I don't know, ministry or in relationships and stuff, is it as obvious to you when to confront people's behavior? Oh, absolutely not. Because I lean... I am the opposite. I am like too confrontational. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And like in my marriage, I just want to be like, you did that wrong. Just like, <laughs> oh, do, do that again. Just everything. Like I am too, like stuff that I should, I have had to learn to just be like, well, that doesn't matter. Don't say anything. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus someone else being like, I haven't said anything in 10 years. I really <laughs> wish that they would stop wearing my pants. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. What an odd uh, thing to pick. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So wait, with the, what about in like uh, the role in ministry that you have right now? So you're the children's director at the church. Your husband is the youth director at the church. So you obviously have like leaders and not just leaders, but like students as well that you are. Yeah. We're also over our serve team. So we, oh. we are over a lot of areas. You're over a lot of people who and might a lot need to be confronted. People. So I think for me personally, the trouble is knowing the up ladder, when and when to not confront up. Not that you what? confront your, like my bosses, my pastors above me. Oh. Like when stuff doesn't, like things that seem important to me, I'm like, oh, we should really do this. But like submitting and respecting the vision of my leadership. Yes. And when to be like, hey, and I And when am... to speak up and say, hey, this is like a big deal. Yeah. How do you, what, how do you know? Um... I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but you do know like there did there does come a point where Well, I mean, I think there's obvious ones like anytime it is against scripture, right. anytime it's against those things, but I think I have just learned to save it for things that I value or things that are value to our church mission or my yeah. ministry mission or whatever. Be because I mean, those conversations aren't always going to be the easiest. Right. So like it would be exhausting if you were known as the staff member who does that every month for Christmas parties, you know, yeah, like that yeah. doesn't make sense. So or, like to save the three times that you exactly. might do it in a year for the really big stuff. So for the upline, for the people above me, I think that's been my manner, the way I go about it. Uh -huh. But for the people that I'm over, man, I have learned just immediately and often like, oh. and just to have that relationship. Yeah. Because then if you do it immediately, it's like, it's like letting a little bit air out of the balloon instead of waiting until the balloon needs to Explodes. pop. Explodes. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, Hey, for the last year, you've been the worst youth leader. <laughs> you've been drunk every Wednesday. Right. You almost killed a kid. We now need to talk about how terrible you are instead of immediately like, hey, you uh, showed up a little late today. You all right? And those have become very easy for, for my husband and I to be like discipleship moments. Yeah. So in correction, there is building, not just Planet Fitness, move your towel, right. get out of my gym. But when you're in ministry and you're in leadership with people and you know, God calls us to disciple, like I correct, correct often, correct with love and move forward. Do you, is it, um, in the moment, like immediate with everybody else around because of the way you're doing it, because you're doing it often. So there might be smaller confrontations so you, they can be more casual or is it like, Hey, can I talk to you in the other room? 
and like I'm going to sit down with you and we're going to have a serious conversation and I'm going to teach like what like what yeah. what a pro- or is I'm sure like some it's one and some it's right. the other. Um I think for me it's it's usually not in public cuz you don't really want to shame someone. Always praise them in public, yeah. but I mean I guess it kind of depends on the situation and the person, but typically you're not calling them out in front of everyone or right, group. Yeah. But I think for me it's a lot of times like Hey, I'm going to go downstairs and check on the preschool class. You want to walk with me? Okay, great. Because also I'm just busy. Like on a Sunday morning, like when I have all of my people here and like they're at my arm's reach, like I keep them there. And I'm like, hey, just just walk with me. Let's go. Let's go. I got to go get the goldfish. They're out in room three. Like come, come with me. Come get these goldfish. And the whole way where, you know, I'm like, man, I, I loved how you were you know, like leading that group. And I saw how you were like giving so much attention to those kids, but we got to make sure like they're staying on the rug. Like when they get off the rug, everyone gets COVID, you know, I don't know. <laughs> but, but like just correct. The floor is COVID. The floor of- is COVID. Exactly. Um, or I don't know. And like, obviously there are time for bigger life corrections yeah. that are over a meal, breaking bread. Um, but a lot of the like little, but I also in children's ministry have a lot of teenagers. And I think that's, that plays into it too. Yeah. That I'm just on top of them, like constantly. Oh, like, right. Yeah. You gotta like, uh, Hey, remember we talked about that. Just stop making out in sound booth. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh man. I was about to be like, these kids are crazy. No. Hey, remember we talked about that. Like you gotta, you gotta make sure the kids are following the rules or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. For the teenagers, you're like staying on top of them like crazy. But for a lot of my adult leaders who are in charge of like ministries and like other things, I feel like for those people, I am more gracious because also I'm just like this young buck coming in. Like some of these women have been serving in our children's ministry for 30 years. Yeah. So it's like, who am I to come in and be like, you're doing this wrong. Uh-huh. So I think some of those are a lot softer and I hear a lot more of what they're saying. And so instead of just confronting straight up, I it's kind of going back to, we both agree on this goal. So here's what you were doing. Can you explain to me why you were doing that? Oh, okay, great. Here's what I would have done. You know, do you see the difference in those? And, you know, what do you think is a better route moving forward? Yeah. Um, and even in people's personal lives, like, hey, this is our goal is ultimately to, you know, be close to Jesus, to make disciples, to grow this ministry or whatever. Um, you know, I've, I've seen on Facebook and I've been hearing you and you mentioned to me that you've been participating in this. Like, how do you think this is affecting your life? Like, I'm just really like, I map stuff out. Like, yeah. and that is how I want the person to come to the conclusion. Yeah. Cause then, yeah, you're showing, you're showing your thought process. Right. And, and helping them to learn that thought process instead of just saying, don't do that because I said, don't do mm-hmm. that. Or you're off the team, like get out. Yeah, yeah. But and it's just like rules for the sake of rules instead exactly. of here's the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. Here's what we're trying to achieve here. And so that they can better understand when they're going against that. Yeah. And I've had some really difficult conversations where I've had to say, hey, we all agree this is this is what we want, right? Well, this is how everyone is perceiving what you're doing. And then saying, that's not what I'm doing at all. Like, that's not my goal. And I'm saying, this is what this person thinks about it. This is how I feel about it. This is how another person has brought it up to me. So whether or not you think that is what is happening, like that is what the world is seeing. And like, that's what's happening around us. And like really having to talk through like nitty gritty, like confronting things that people, you know, don't want to believe about themselves. But that it's coming off that way and how to like correct those things for the ultimate goal of whatever it is. Oh man. Yeah. But I think, I I think like even just the way that you were describing the training process at planet fitness, like that, that being key. And I feel like it's the key to everything that you're doing is first step. You come with me and you watch me do it. Yeah. Second step. I come with you. I watch you do it. Third step I send you to do it on your own. Right. Like it, it just sounds very much like even just like you're, you're running around busy on Sunday morning. Hey, walk with me while I go get this. Like we're in this together. Right. And I'm not just like the boss who's telling you what to do, but like we're in this together. I've been trusted with the authority in this situation. So I'm going to try to help make you better. Mm-hmm as you are trying to help make the ministry better. Yeah. And I feel like there's, there's humility in that, um, to be able to, as the leader, to be able to say like, I'm, 
I'm with you on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of just like, no, nah, you guys do everything. You got it. You guys got it. I feel like that. I feel like that must be really helpful for any sort of confrontation or correcting. Yeah. Anything is easier in relationship or in community, I think, um, especially confrontation. Yeah, I think I go back and forth between sometimes I'm too scared of confrontation or not that I'm too scared. No, I think it is that I'm too scared. But also, I just assume that it won't work. I assume that it's like futile. So like, what is the point in even trying? And I just give up on the idea of it. Or on the other side, there are times where I I am way too intense and I just end up as a jerk or I do it like in the moment around other people and it's bad. Oy, oy, oy. I want to be better at it. But like I said, next week's interview is with David Gomez, who is Alyssa's husband and he is super funny and he has such a great heart for God. And I, I want to uh, give both parts of him. Oh, you've heard him already. Oh, he's in an earlier episode. Both of them are. Why didn't I mention that earlier? Ugh, whatever. Anyways, next week he is the interview. No, not next week. It's in two weeks. I keep forgetting that as well. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I should start over, but I'm not going to. In the next episode, you'll hear him and his beautiful heart and his passion for Jesus. And it's great. But also, he is one of the silliest people I know. And so I want to end this episode with a story that David told me that I really loved. So here is David Gomez with a story. All right, I'm here with David Gomez. Hey, he said that he had a story we for me. We got a great me. story. Today. All right, what do you I have? I want to talk about the most embarrassing moment of my life. <laughs> okay, all right, okay. All right. Some would think it was the time that I pooped my pants in front of my audience. Which what? That's never happened. Oh, before. okay. Uh, okay, I was at this show one time. Uh-huh. It was this band, and there was like 30 members, like Mumford and Sons or something. What? And it was like a punk Mumford and Sons band. Okay, okay. It had okay. like violins and like it was punk music. Yeah. And it was just like, it was this really small local show. It was like in this small warehouse. How old are you? Floor. Probably like 20 or 22. Oh, okay. It was Where pre is it? Sagu. It's here in Galveston. Okay, okay. It was like maybe like a few months before I went to college. And uh, I, I don't ever drink. I've never drank in my life. I'm straight edge. Never done that. But me and my friends get really crazy and like just we're just ridiculous. You've been around Gabe yes. and Ramon. Yes. Uh, and so we're just having a great time. We love life. We're having a great time. Uh-huh. It was in this time. I don't know why I was always into wearing like this jean vest. You had straight like can we just pause hey, for a second? <laughs> Who's telling the story here? Watch you back up, punk. <laughs> hey! Can we just pause for a second and talk about your fashion? periods in life <laughs> we can't we don't have enough time and they're not done either <laughs> i hope i regress back so you wore a jean vest <laughs> yeah i was like in a hard but also band. you were a cowboy for a while i was a cowboy for you were big we can talk about that i was a big big cowboy <laughs> with a big belt buckle with, those were two different times though. oh <laughs> What? The- I don't know why in middle school, not dressing like a cowboy, I was really into wearing a big belt buckle. <laughs> it was a cowboy belt buckle, but I was like into skateboarding and I would dress like a skater, but I would walk around school and I would only wear that school in a big belt buckle. What? Like, where did you buy it? <laughs> My aunt got it for me in Mexico. Uh, so like, I don't know why. I don't. I can't even like, I can't even think about what made me do it, but I just woke up one day and I was like, the thing that I'm going to do in eighth grade is wear a belt buckle. Wow. And it was like the summer before my eighth grade year. Yeah. And my mom was like, what? <laughs> but she was like, all right, just tell me and I'll tell your aunt to bring it. And so my aunt bought me this, like, it's got, I found it at my house the other day. Wow. I, have it. I think I showed it to oh, you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So show and tell. It's this big belt buckle with an eagle on it. And my aunt just bought it for me. And I wore it my first semester of eighth grade. And then Cowboy was a different phase. That was a, I was really into this band called Maylene and the Sons of Disaster. You uh-huh. know that band? Uh-uh. They're like a 
like a southern metal band. Oh wow. And like I was just like, oh dude, this is it. Just I just want barbecue sauce and boots. <laughs> and so like I was just like, this is all I'm gonna listen to for the rest of my life. And then in college, you dressed like you lived on a boat. I don't know why. I just maybe I I think it was because I was like, oh, this school has no fraternities. Uh huh. I'm just gonna dress like I'm in one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like during that time, it was really big in like pop punk, like to wear like polo hats and like. And so I was just like, oh, I'm just gonna do this. Okay. And then yeah, I did that. So back to sorry, you're at this show. Yeah. Uh, Punk Mumford and Sons. Yeah. Um, you're wearing a jean vest mm -hmm. and you're with your boys who you with can be real boys. crazy we're having, with. We're moshing. We're having a great time. We're living it up. We're laughing. I got to pee in the middle of the show. Oh, no. They're playing like in the middle of this warehouse. It's a small place. It's not big. I And you have to like walk through the band to go to the bathroom. Uh-huh. So I go pee. And then I come back and as I, you got it, like, it's like a little walkway. And as I'm walking out of the bathroom to go back in, there's a monitor on the front and I'm like, oh, dude, I'm going to stage dive. Uh-huh. This is the perfect place to do it. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I'm living it up. There's <laughs> probably a cute girl there that's checking me out. Yeah. And she's going to go, oh, he's stage dove. Uh-huh. He's a cool man. He's a cool man. Look at that man. He's going to wear cowboy boots later. And then I run to get on that monitor. And as I'm going, the violinist like sticks his bow and it gets caught in my jean vest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I'm like, my one foot is on the monitor and I'm like, my body's like trying to jump and uh -huh. I can't move. <laughs> and the whole band stops. What? <laughs> and like, I look back and the violinist's bow is like, in my vest <laughs> and the whole band like just starts cussing me out oh no <laughs> and i just go i'm sorry man <laughs> and i just like weirdly take the bow out of my jean jacket and everybody's just like literally everyone starts booing me wow and the band just like cussing me out and i just walk out <laughs> oh no also that's so funny that sounds like the least punk thing like i went to this punk show and a violin bow got trapped in my jean vest. Yeah, I know, but it was funny. I still remember it, and I'm like, man, I should have, I should, I should have wore a full jacket. <laughs> <laughs> so, still, more of the story. If you're gonna stage dive, don't do it near a violinist. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that. That's it. okay. What a great lesson for all of us uh, to have learned. Um, thank you very much, David. You're welcome. Goodbye. Goodbye now. I want to thank David for his wonderful story. Again, tune in for the next episode to hear his side of the season in his life that was happening at the same time as his wife, Alyssa. And I want to thank her as well for coming on the podcast. Um, just beautiful. What beautiful people they are. Uh, you should subscribe. Why aren't you subscribed if you're not? What's wrong with you? Come on. Subscribe to the podcast. Rate and review on iTunes. We're also available on Spotify. Tell a friend about the podcast. Uh, every other week, there's a new episode. I want to thank Jordan Combs and Lucky Star for the use of their songs in the episode. Thank you to Glendon, and thank you to you for listening. If you have an idea for a reward that I can give myself for completing one of my goals, uh, email me. at uh, My email address is taylor at taylorjohnsononline.com. Send me an email. I don't care. I'm not scared. Try it. Do it. Let's see what happens. That's the end of the episode. In two weeks, new episode with David Gomez. I will see you then.